the international breaks are almost over we're getting ready for game week four and we're almost there saturday 11 september midday south african time is the deadline so we've got a few more days left to decide what our teams are going to look like for those people are wildcarding you still got enough time to beat price rises have a look at see if you can extract some some more team value out of your players as well and then also check look out for press conference to see if there's any players coming back injured or unavailable for the weekend so greg what's your plans for this weekend any transfers or anything like that lined up i mean i'm at the moment i'm just looking forward to watching some soccer again it's been it feels like it's been the longest two weeks of my life um so yeah so far i haven't made any transfers um i've been really sort of holding off to wait and see what what happens at the press conferences um unfortunately i've got two players flagged now um i've got wilson and son who are both uh, injury doubts so i'll have to wait and see what the news is basically on press conference day and then decide what to do hopefully i don't have to take any hits and or i'm really hoping i can bank the transfer for next week yeah same yeah I, I pulled the trigger early on my two free transfers i got um, bruno out for greenwood and then ings out for Jimenez. i think i felt like okay you know though manchester united don't have the greatest fixture run coming up in the next few weeks but i felt at 7.6 greenwood would still be worth it it's it's not like you know he's not somebody that i'm looking to captain that frequently so i think at the price it was okay i think it was i think it was fine me i, I justified it that way put it yeah you know to bring him in but uh, as for ings you know i i looked at the fixtures and i thought nah, you know what i think it just made so much logical sense to get raul jimenez in and um but now like you say uh, you have wilson and son flagged i have son flagged uh, but I also have five million in the bank, burning a hole in my pocket over there. So, I'll, you know, unless anything drastic happens or if Son is injured, I'll make a transfer and take the minus four. But if not, I'll I'll think I'll probably just bank my transfer for one more week and uh, keep the money in the bank and make my transfers next week. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... Yeah, it's, it's it's that's the problem with these international breaks is that there are always these injuries, unfortunately, that that pop up. But uh, your transfers make complete sense. Ings, his fixtures are really terrible from now onwards. I think definitely time to get rid. Uh, Jimenez is going to have great fixtures for Wolves. Um, and then yeah, uh, Greenwood I've had from the start. He's 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 been my Fernandez cover, and uh, it's really worked out well. He's been more than just cover; yeah. he's exceeded him. <laughs> exactly. And who would have thought after our first week when we were when when I was ruining the decision to to not pick Bruno, and uh, the plan actually worked nicely over three weeks. Yeah, it just shows you know FPL is all about long term planning. If you you know anybody can have one big week, but ultimately it's about consistency. And I think that's maybe the difference between this is probably my best start to a season. You know, like I think you know we were talking about it during preseason. You know, I've been taking it a little bit more seriously in terms of making data-driven decisions. Um, you know, since the season started, and because of that over there, I feel like you know I'm in a situation now where I'm I've planned my team out quite well to the point where unless anything really you know strange happened there was no reason for me to get forced into transfers and so on 
and you know what i'm i'm so happy with my squad at the moment maybe i'll feel differently and i'll need you on saturday night <laughs> <laughs> but yeah look at this point in time you know really really happy with with, with what's going on so far yeah. and uh, you know I, i'm now i'm just planning probably for around game week seven to decide what i'll do then so yeah now talking about sun being flagged the first fixture to kick off the the game week is Spurs away to Crystal Palace. Now, something I've heard, I, w- I think I was reading on Twitter the, earlier today, is that Son has one return, which was an assist for Kane, like years back, and he's blanked every single fixture against Spurs over the uh, since. What do you make of that? Do you ever look at uh, situations like that and, and, and past performances like in a specific fixture uh, when, when deciding on a player? No, I must be honest. I, I feel like there's just way too much variance in, uh, you know, looking at specific games against specific opponents. Um, you know, sure he's had one return in, in in seven games or whatever it is, but there's no there's no doubt that just variance plays a huge role in that. You've got to look at uh, the fixture model, and for me, it's it's not the best fixture for Spurs. It's it's only only recognised as a, a slightly above average fixture. So the fixture model is telling you that it's not, it's not necessarily an easy game, but uh, at the same time, I think you've got a back son to at least perform, you know, at, at a similar level to, to to that he would in you know in a usual Premier League game. Yeah, sure, and uh, that's why, like, especially I suppose, like, maybe hearing that news, I don't know if if I didn't have son, maybe I'll be put off from bringing him in for this fixture well actually if i didn't have son i probably wouldn't be looking at bringing him over the next four or five game weeks anyway Mm. but uh, i suppose since i've had him since game week one i feel like yeah crystal palace not a bad fixture and whatever happens happens i suppose but uh, yeah and uh, talking about uh, the defenders now i see that regulon has increased to 5.2 so Spurs are the only team to have not conceded a goal so far this season but now obviously the fixtures are about to get a little bit more tricky over the next well actually look it's Crystal Palace then Chelsea then Arsenal which we don't take that serious anymore and then Villa Newcastle West Ham Manchester United which takes us all the way up to game with 10 so I suppose at 4.5, well now it's 4.6, Eric Dyer does offer quite a bit of value, but probably just as a rotation option, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, he's he's going to be a very much a bench player from, from now onwards. I think he's, he's going to add to my bench strength, if anything else. Yeah. Um, at his price, I think I think Spurs have shown, shown themselves to be a good defence this year. And Nuno um, is a brilliant defensive manager anyway. Exactly. So I think, I think I'll bring him in for the odd game, but I think he's mainly going to be my bench fodder. Um, I'm surprised by the, 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 the mass transfers in of, of Regulon. I think that that's probably a mistake. I, I think A little know, bit knee-jerk as well, considering the upcoming fixtures as well. I think it's it's again the sort of average player seeing that he's done really well in the last you know in the first three games, um, he scored a lot of points and now we now we bring him in. But if you pay attention to the expected data and the fixtures that are coming up, um, he only ranks thirty seventh on my on my ranking system in terms of Whoa. defenders. <laughs> That's so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it's, there's a 
massive gap between between him and, and the top 20 at the moment so I'd, I, I wouldn't suggest bringing a guy like that in at the moment and also when 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 I'm paying five million plus for a defender then I'm really really banking on or, or hoping not hoping but really banking on him getting attacking returns you know because look five million is not expensive I suppose but now you you know you you're spending that extra 0.5 because you you're looking for something extra when uh, uh, you know when spending that on a defender and at this point in time looking at the fixtures i'm not that confident that he's going to get that much in in terms of attacking returns anyway and that's why i feel like a 4.5 million option in spurs defense just feels right at the moment yeah there's so many uh, much better options in my, in my opinion i think um does die rank higher than regular at the moment in in your model um let's have a quick look for you um Dyer's lower because his his expected stats are, are much lower so he's only 52nd um but at his price points you know being bench fodder exactly there's less yeah. less of yeah. an issue you know yeah. if you start looking around the five million mark i mean you've got guys like Sace, you've got um matip who's maybe going the most unnoticed out of any player um at the moment you know he's only five million yeah um yeah. he could be if you know he seems to have that that center back pairing with van Dijk uh, completely locked up um he might be the, un, the unnoticed man from from liverpool yeah exactly uh, like there's a there's a few defenders flying under the radar at the moment obviously him being one of them i really like the look of andreas christensen as well but i think he's a five or 5.5 but um you know uh, well from what i've seen and and also because chelsea's defense looks so good but you know regarding chelsea we'll get to them just now i suppose but you know like with with them we just wait for game week seven mm. but um yeah uh, looking at it i saw that and i was quite surprised by regulon's price price rise and like you say it's probably just casual to have bumped up his price the one player that that, that came up with two goals and uh, was i think he played at west brom last season was conor gallagher now uh, i can imagine that you know there's uh, let's have a look here he's i suppose like he's not one of those that people are going to go crazy trying to uh, transfer him in but i must say sure what a surprise for him to come up with two goals against west ham yeah i mean uh, he really looks like good value for five point i think he's 5.5 million um and yeah, he's five point five million. Yeah. Look, we've only had three three game weeks of data, so it's very difficult to yeah. extrapolate much from it. But you know, he's ranked seventh on my, on the ranking system so far, and uh, if he can show consistent returns over six to ten weeks, then I think he becomes a, a real option for yeah, a good squad option. Yeah, yeah. A good, very good squad option. Yeah, and then I'm looking like, for example, you know, in the first week, uh, it was Sergi Canos who uh, again, you know, Brentford for, from Brentford playing against Arsenal who got 11 points in that game and since then he hasn't returned but yeah, uh, yeah i can imagine his numbers would look fairly okay uh, considering as well but yeah I, I, for now i agree with you when it comes to those low price uh, bargain midfielders i'll just i'm just avoiding all of them right now yeah they're good they're good cheap options that are more sort of reliable well and, reliable yeah. and yeah. you can look at some of last season's data and, and 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 then bring them in based on that i think it's difficult over a small sample size but uh yeah i think it's actually nice this season there, there's a lot of good budget options you just have to 
sort of weed weed out the the bandwagons from from, the, the, from right the good ones. Time. Exactly, yeah. timing is everything. So I suppose, like based on what you've spoken about, if there was an, ever an option to captain a Spurs player against Palace, would you consider it? No, I think Spurs rank quite low in this week's fixture. Right, um, right. Yeah. I think Man United are by far the the favourites. Um, and then I think we've got um, Chelsea actually in second uh, with their fixture against uh, Aston Villa, and and then pick a City player if you want to play a game of roulette. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's in third, um, and then I think I'd go Salah against uh, um, against Leeds would be my, my fourth option. Interesting so, one. Yeah, look, yeah. It, it, for me, obviously, it's a toss-up between Manchester United and Liverpool this week. Uh, and I think everybody feels that way. That's not a, a deep analysis over there, you know. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if, you've, got, if, you've, got a, if you've got Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo is the captain. If you've got Lukaku, I think Lukaku is the, the second best. And if you're willing to take a gamble on a City player, then good luck to you. Um, otherwise, I think it's Salah. So I think it's the it's sort of the usual suspects and the, the newcomer to the usual suspects, shall we call him? <laughs> yeah. Well, if I go to City player, then maybe it must just put captaincy on Ruben Diaz. Then. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then next next fixture is potentially a relegation six pointer. Yeah, Arsenal and Norwich. Now, um, look. Do I really have to go into this type of fixture? Because to be fair, you know, a few weeks ago, this would have been the time where we, like when we were talking about it during pre-season, this was the time that we're probably looking at Arsenal fixtures and thinking, okay, soon around game week five, game week five, where the fixtures start to turn a little bit, right? Yeah. And, uh, but now it looks like something where we're just not even going to consider. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch to see if Arsenal do arrive as a different team and actually like they've had a couple of you know tough fixtures that they had a bit of a bit of a brick in the first one against Brentford it'll be interesting to see if they turn up for a change and maybe and maybe become start to become an option again but I think until we see some definitive evidence I think it's just an avoid well if Ateta can pick better players than Kolasinac and Holding and and (laughs) Chambers in defense then maybe they have a chance but yeah apart from that over there man it's the, the fixtures look so great for Arsenal, but and there's such like Emil Smith Rowe now 5.4, Saka at 6.3. Those are such attractive price points for those type of players. Yet it's 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 just quite annoying that we can't pick them because Arsenal are just so poor at the moment. But like you say, I think for me it will be what one of those like looking at the, the fixtures. Yes, they got Norwich. Okay, I expect them to win. In fairness, because Norwich have just been so poor. But then there's Burnley as well, which I which again Burnley is another team which have been quite poor this season. And then Spurs, Brighton, Palace, Villa. So it's. It's kind of like some average fixtures, some decent fixtures in there. But over the next, like, probably, say, three or four games, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get a good indication of where we, we stand with Arsenal players. Yeah, I mean, ideally we get an indication and then game week eight's with their next really good attacking fixture against Crystal Palace at home. Uh, and they've got Villa at home on game week nine. So if we can get an indication between game week four and seven if, if Arsenal are worth considering again, then awesome but I, and until then i think they're just sort of scratched off my list for now yeah okay then next up is brentford and brighton now 
I think the the Brentford hype seems to have died down. Funny enough, a lot of people I see uh, it was uh, Pontus Janssen who's got a price increase of 4.6. So he obviously had a decent start. I mean, he's got he's got an assist in uh, against Villa and then he had two clean sheets. But again, you know, I feel that that's such a trap because they've got Brighton up in this fixture, then Wolves, and then Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea, Leicester. And I feel like, whoa, for, 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 for effectively one or two game weeks, it's just not a transfer that makes sense at the moment. I mean, on, on my rating system, they don't have a positive attacking fixture in the next six. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty poor. And, <laughs> exactly. And they've yeah. got two two below average and, and four very bad fixtures. Um, that's that's just not good. You you just you you're just gonna basically hemorrhage points if you if you're wasting away with a with a Brentford player. So even with someone like an Ivan Tony, it just doesn't feel worth it at the moment, I suppose. I think they're just better options. I mean, if you yeah. if you if you're stuck with Tony and you don't have any any flexibility, I think you you can yeah. probably hold. But I think if the quicker you can get him out, the the better for you. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Especially, I mean, he's 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 probably he's, he's still six point five now. But looking at uh, you know, the, there's so many options for just like for a million extra that have such higher ceilings that and, and better. Uh, uh, fixtures and so on that it just doesn't make sense to take that type of gamble at the moment yeah exactly yeah and then brighton now i, I don't know what to make with brighton at the moment i I've, I've i've seen some criticism of them and i think it's kind of unfair because you know it's only been three games i think they were unlucky to concede in the first game against burnley because uh, you know it, it was a goal that um, what's the big guy from Boy Tarkovsky scored and I I think it was a foul personally from set piece yeah. and then they kept a clean sheet against Watford and then yes they conceded two goals against Everton who actually have been Everton have been one of the bright starters this season right mm. now so I think it's a bit of unfair knee jerk to kind of you know, uh, you know, uh, say that they're inconsistent because I mean they've won two out of three games. So I mean I, I don't know what that's what people are expecting here at the moment. But I'm I still have uh, Feltman in my team and I'm quite happy to keep him because look they don't have a great fixture run coming up. But I mean they've got Brentford up next, then Leicester, then Palace, then Arsenal, then Norwich. Some good alternating fixtures over there, and they've got new. They, okay, well, City and Liverpool consecutively game week nine, game week ten. But after that, Newcastle, Villa, Leeds. I think it's still okay to hold on to these players. Yeah, their the defensive fixtures aren't bad at all. I mean, attacking wise, I think they they're quite poor. But uh, defensively, I mean, they've got three above average fixtures, one good fixture, and then from game week nine, it starts to get a little bit tougher when you when you have uh, yeah. City and then Liverpool. Yeah. But for now, I think if you've got them, there's no rush to get them out. I mean, I think you'll, I think you'll get decent points. Um, again, like you know, if you've got, if you've got easy options to 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 upgrade to to some of the top top players, then go for it. But uh, I, they wouldn't, I wouldn't be unhappy with having Brighton. I've, I've still got Sanchez, and I, I'm quite happy with him for now. Yeah, and to be fair, I think you know the whole, you know, initially at the beginning of the season, people were saying there's so many value options at 4.5 million in defense. But I never fully bought into that idea of kind of like going defensive light and, you know, and trying and putting the, that money into the attack because and looking at the numbers, I don't I, I feel like I'm fairly look, there's a lot of 4.5, 4.6 million 
defenders in the top 10 top 20 at the moment but after three games i think it's very difficult to say that this is a definitive success right now yeah and i think a lot of people you know the trap we spoke about pre-season of doubling up uh on these sort of brighton defenders and you know it's the old rule that that, that i try to like you know that i spoke about again and again and again yeah. is try not to double up and the problem is that you know even even when brighton do they've done reasonably well to start off with it hasn't been terrible they've got a clean sheet one and three is not bad at all um but now i've suddenly when their fixtures get tough if you're stuck with two brighton defenders yeah you, you start, with, start with like to like a sanchez and a feldman and or, or something like that there yeah or, or even some guys have gone you know double double defender with like dunk and faltman or something like that it just doesn't make sense and not yeah. for a team like brighton at least like i can understand going you know with like the defensively solid teams like city liverpool and so on but just not, not brighton it just doesn't make sense to double up on their players anyway yeah i think i think if i was ever going to consider a, a double up it might be chelsea but even then i think it's just a, it's just a dangerous game you play. Yeah, I think there's enough options around anyway as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Spread the risk. Yeah, and then an interesting fixture, one that City actually have mixed results in, if I remember correctly, is away to Leicester. Now Leicester have been kind of like I don't know uh, what to make of them. You know, they they won kind of scrappily against Wolves. But it's like, yeah, I, I, I really don't know how, uh, what to do with, you know, where, like I, I know you mentioned uh, Schmeichel at some point in, in time, I think when we were during the previous episode. But yeah, I, th- I think maybe from game week five, six, seven, they might be a consideration defensively. And they've got Brentford in game week nine and, and things like that over there. But at the moment like as far as the attacking players is concerned i'm just not interested in them right now yeah i think from game week uh six they look pretty good defensively um but leicester haven't started like sort of as well as we expected they haven't been terrible but they haven't been great um i think we're expecting a little bit more after they beat city in the in the community shield but this fixture seems to always bring some fireworks when it comes to Premier League fixtures. So yeah, exactly. Should, I'm looking forward to, to this game. If I get a chance to yeah. watch it, I'd like to actually see this one because it's always an interesting game. But so, I think City, City are big favourites to, to win and I think they you know, I think they should take it home quite easily, but you, know, you never know when it comes to Leicester. Yeah, exactly. And then I think we spoke enough about City, you know, if you if you have it in you, if you if if you you, you know your gambling instincts kicks in and you feel you want to take a punt on the city player, then go for it. If not, you know, you, you, you know you you know the inherent risk you take when, when when getting involved with city players. Yeah, it's all it's all <laughs> comes down to minutes. But I mean they've got so many options. Amare, Sterling, Torres, uh, Jesus, um, Gunduan, Grealish. <laughs> I mean, there's no shortage of options, but it's going to be just a question of who gets who gets the minutes. Yeah, and Torres at seven point one is very tempting. I but I don't know, and uh, I'll have to decide on on that one. If if there's nothing else that you know, if there's no other players I can find in that bracket, I'll probably just take a punt. Maybe in a week's time. Yeah, I saw I saw a very very funny tweet this week where. Someone said, um, you know, Marius uh, has become Pep's number one guy. He, he's surely going to start the season strong and play all the games. That was like game week one. Then then game week two, uh, Marius dropped. And then like Torres, he's become 
Pep's guy. He's he's having a fantastic season. Surely he's the guy. He's the new one that Pep trusts. And game then, week and four. And then game week four <laughs> drops. And and you almost expect it. You're almost yeah, waiting for yeah. it to happen when that team sheet comes out and he's not on it. And and that's the risky take. Yeah, Grealish is an interesting one because he's played I think 90 minutes and 80 minutes and 90 minutes. So, but yeah, uh, it, it, it look with City players they're always good value I suppose to get you some type of returns. But yeah, it, it's a case of. Pick one and hopefully they come through for you <laughs> exactly yeah and then uh, let's have a look next fixture is probably the the fixture that everybody's targeting manchester united versus newcastle for various reasons obviously people <laughs> are losing their minds we spoke about this previous episode probably the best fixture for captaincy right yeah it's by far the best yeah. um you know united are at plus 1.53 in my model and uh the next best Chelsea are only at plus 1.18, so it's quite a quite a significant difference. I think if you have Ronaldo, I think captain him. If you have Bruno, wait for the team sheet. <laughs> and if Ronaldo's not on it, captain him. Otherwise, captain someone else. Now, um, the interesting one is Greenwood. So he didn't go on international duty. So I'm assuming that because of that, he'll play. Okay, and uh, well. I'm assuming you'll play. <laughs> That's a oh, very, very difficult one, yeah. right? But I, I don't think that Ole will, Ole will just drop him now because, you know, I, I think, you know, he's really one of the favorites and he's an amazing player, right? So um, probably one of the best young players of the world, if not the best. Now, um, the if you have him, would you ever... Okay, I, I know that you have him. I've transferred him in now as well. Mm. Do you think, like, let's say, for example, if you don't have a Bruno in your team and you don't have Ronaldo in your team, do you think he's worth putting the, the captain's armband on him? So I don't have Bruno, I don't have Ronaldo, and 99% probably won't have those two by the time the game week starts. Yeah. Um, the If I knew 100% that uh, he was going to start, I would captain him. Uh, I think there's just this inch of doubt that we don't quite know if he's going to start. Um, I, I believe he's had a brilliant start to the season and I'm, I'm relatively certain that he'll start, but I'm not certain enough to put the, the captain armband on him. Um, so unfortunately for me, I'm just not willing to take to take the risk on, on if, if I've got the slightest bit of doubt on, on a player's minutes, then I'd rather not, not put the captain armband on him. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Look, I've, you know, I, I've kind of, you know, it's kind of crossed my mind, but I'll, I'll be honest when I say like, I haven't given serious thought to it to say, okay, let me captain Greenwood, you know, but it's it's definitely one that, you know, may, maybe I'll talk myself into it but from now till the, the deadline, but I think it's very, very unlikely that I'll that I'll take that type of risk now as well. And it's still so early in the season to be going that risky, you know. So, um, yeah. And uh, with Newcastle, I think there's nothing to talk about over there. They just look so poor defensively at the moment. They Wilson is always that player we know is there, there about. So you probably get goals, you know, once in a while. He's he, because he's a fairly fairly reliable scorer, but in terms of there's just no other assets over there, and they're looking odds on for relegation at the moment. Well, there is Joe Warlock who did so well recently. I mean, not re well recently at the at the ending of last, last season. season. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, apart from that over there, 
may, maybe he'll come into consideration if he hits some form but at the moment uh, yeah in Newcastle nothing going on there for me yeah I, I had it's interesting because I had Willock on my on my watch list from last you know from last season's data and so when Newcastle's fixtures turn and and maybe they have a run of a few good ones I think him and Wilson will be interesting options for sure. Wilson's like a banker option. He, he always produces the goods. But against United away, I think this is a very, very poor attacking fixture. And so far on, on, on the fixture ticker, there hasn't been a single goal scored in, in games that are, that are flagged uh, very, very poor. So it's not looking good for Wilson owners, which so I'm one of, unfortunately. In what you're saying is, is your model is amazing and it's, <laughs> and, it, and it's giving you the most accurate prediction. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's been pretty good with clean sheets. It's got six out of six uh, correct so far in Great terms stuff. of the, the best Great picture. Stuff. So yeah, it's been good. Awesome. Well, look, I, I, I followed it for getting Dyer in and he paid off same time, got me seven points, so I can't yeah. complain. And... Uh, Southampton and West Ham. So Southampton seem to have kind of, I don't know, uh, resuscitated themselves somewhat. I mean, they still look very poor. But um, I mean, we considering like we, we expected fireworks in game week two against Manchester United. That didn't happen. But again, you did mention it building up to that fixture that uh, that your model wasn't predicting it as being the most easiest fixture. But they've, you know, now, but they still haven't won a game. And uh, so the question is, do you, do you think that they still essentially relegation candidates at the moment? I think they're going to be, I think it's going to be a battle for sure. Um, I think the, the interesting part is that their, their fixture against Newcastle last week, where, where they showed, showed much better signs, I think they deserved probably to win that game. Um, was a much better fixture for them on the attacking model and West Ham is this is this is color-coded the same so I think because West Ham's def- have conceded quite a few goals um, this season already I think you can expect some attacking returns from Southampton for sure in this fixture unfortunately they've got City straight away in game week five which is just terrible and then Chelsea in game week seven so they've got two really bad ones coming up in the in the next four um but i would i would you know if i had a one week punt um this this week and i had you know if i was wild carding next week or you know i had i just wanted to bring, bring in a player literally for this game southampton would be on my list you know especially with the they've got a lot of very cheap options and if you strap for cash i think a one week punt for sure i think uh, you know El Yunusi looked fantastic last week yes 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 that's right yeah yeah he's he's attacking numbers look great actually yeah so uh well yeah that's an interesting one and i suppose maybe it'll be worth having a look at players like is it adam armstrong and 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 so on six million yeah and jennifer i think as well yes yes, yeah yeah and uh and what's uh, jennifer is 5.5 yeah so so a good price point there as well and then there's walcott banging around there 5.9 which is <laughs> which i suppose is i'm one still I'm, I'm still burned from using what from picking, uh, walcott when he was playing for arsenal <laughs> yeah. so yeah you have a long memory there you haven't forgiven <laughs> yeah and then west ham options so i think uh, you know when during preseason you mentioned West Ham and you said, look, you know, and in terms of defensively, the fixtures don't look great, and so far that's kind of been the case. 
Yeah. And uh, I mean, a lot of people had Sufal in their teams, for example. And uh, yeah, he, he's got one assist so far, which was against Leicester, but no clean sheets and a total of seven points at the moment. And looking at the fixtures, Southampton up next, which like you said, Southampton could be a good punt, attacking punt for this weekend. But then it's Manchester United, Leeds, then Brentford, then Everton, Spurs, Villa, Liverpool, Wolves, City. That takes you right up until game week 14. Mm. It's not the best fixtures for, for them defensively as well. No, I still wouldn't be picking West Ham defenders. And I, yep. and I you know, like you mentioned, we spoke about it pre-season and timing is everything. Soufal and um, uh, Cresswell had fantastic seasons last year, but you want to time the attacking returns with the clean sheet potential. And there's just no clean sheet potential for me uh, with West Ham at the moment. Um, they'll be their their best fixtures Brentford at home in game week seven, uh, so they've got a, a chance there. But other than that, it looks it looks pretty di- pretty dim. And uh, you want you want that combination when it comes to defenders. You you want that attacking potential, but you also want to be trying to pick a few clean sheets. Uh, you know, in between. Yeah, and and like you know, as I was telling you earlier, like if I'm paying five million for someone, if I'm paying that extra point five for a defender then I do want those attacking returns as well because you know you, you that's what you essentially banking on and that doesn't seem to be happening either and then while we're still on West Ham the FPL legend the king of FPL at the moment Mikhail Antonio is now playing international football he made his debut for Jamaica the other yeah. day why is he why is he straining his hamstrings like this man he should be resting you know keeping his thighs on ice or whatever whatever it is to keep his hamstrings in good shape yeah you just want him you want to wrap him up in bubble wrap after the game and just well, yeah, store him exactly, until the next you know, time some cryogenic chamber or whatever it is exactly. just keep him but he's 50.2 percent owned at the moment he's 7.9 now crazy crazy stuff it still looks like he's got some mileage in his legs hopefully and yeah. uh, because I, I suppose from an attacking potential defensively the fixtures don't look great but attacking it does look good so yeah attacking is good it's not it's not fantastic but yeah it Antonio's, does get a little bit worse now yeah and antonio's numbers are just so so amazing that he, he for for me he's absolutely must own at this point if, if you didn't have him from the start of the season then you need to get him as soon as possible. Like he is just a must-own player, and I'm surprised his ownership's only fifty percent. Because realistically, he should be in hundred percent of teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially at that price, it just yeah. Makes his so price much is sense. his price is just way too good. Imagine he's now the same price as Bamford. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the game? <laughs> yeah. So so that's an interesting one. And then, okay, so let me ask you this question because Southampton haven't looked great defensively, right? If you, you know, I always ask this question and this is my pick for the week, right? Mm-hmm. If you're feeling extra spicy, some hot sauce, you know, with, with, you know, does Antonio become your consideration for captaincy option against Southampton? The, the leftist of left field options. I mean, I don't even think it's left field. I think he, he's absolutely the form player at the moment. Yeah. And going with a form player in terms of captaincy is usually the right the right way to go. Um, for me, the fixture is just not good enough. I, I'd rather go with Salah, who's also the form player, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I think Salah against Leeds, I, I, you know, Leeds defense for me is just wide open. And 
I, I would go with the tried and tested myself, but I can definitely see Antonio being being one of the options. Yeah, uh, de- definitely. I think what was nice about Game Week 3 is, we, I think we spoke about it in the previous episode, was that it was nice to have a variety of captains compared to the first two game weeks where it was almost cut and dried between uh, Salah yeah. and Bruno. And it, it adds a bit of excitement to the game, but it also it gives you more options to think about and your, where your, your captaincy can be a genuine differential. But uh, this and may, this week doesn't seem like it will be one of those because I think with, new, with the Newcastle and Leeds fixtures for Manchester United and Liverpool, definitely the captaincy will be very high on, on, on those two teams. But yeah, uh, Antonio just looks such great value at the moment. Yeah, he does. He looks fantastic. Yeah. And then the team of the moment, I suppose, where they haven't won a game so far. I think it's it's so unlucky when they've actually been producing good numbers defensively, attacking-wise as well, maybe. And um, just looking at, at, at Wolves with the fixtures coming up now, it looks really great. That's why I brought in uh, Raul Jimenez as well. against and, and now he plays against Watford. So the question is now... You know, it's always an issue with, with these type of players where, you know, uh, Raul Jimenez, lots of shots in the box, Traore creating lots of chances. Defensively, they look quite good. I mean, you've mentioned Roman size, you know. What convinces you that Wolves is not a trap at the moment? Well, you know, I went Jimenez and I, he's been... I've sort of been playing with 10 men for the last uh, two game weeks because I had to do it early. And uh, so I've just I've only picked up the two points and two points from him in games that I really didn't want to own him. But I made the transfer early because he was the best long-term option. And he's a tried and tested FPL player. And that's and that's always gives me a lot more confidence. Yeah. You know from previous seasons that he can convert chances. And people don't remember. Um, you know, it, it's amazing what short memories we have. But he scored like... 180 points or something like that for two consecutive seasons which is absolutely amazing in a team that doesn't play the most expansive football either exactly he's an fpl legend and i'm I'm very i'm very happy to have in my team the 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 question mark for me is triori because he's posting incredible um expected numbers but has zero percent conversion at the moment, and I do not trust Traore. Yeah. He will never come close to my team. <laughs> I had him like two seasons ago, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes, he he gets the returns here and there, but it just doesn't feel like. Sorry, not last season. The season before, I think he was quite. He he finished much more better, but since the, yeah, it was the season that Liverpool won the league where he actually did quite well, but. You know that that was like the normally season for him. I just don't trust him enough. Yeah, his conversion rate is what worries me. If yeah. if if you can see him starting to convert some chances, then his stats are are way too good to ignore. Um, I've seen a lot of wild card or pretty much every wild card draft I've seen has has got him in it. And with the stats, you can understand why. But you've got I think for me, you've got to at least start seeing. You know a 50 percent conversion or better to be able to bring a player yeah in. i think people are really looking at him as a budget enabler but the fact of the matter is even uh trinca you know trincao is is not you know people are looking at him as well as a possible budget enabler 
But I think especially with those players, like you say, not tried and tested players. And that's why I wouldn't be going near them at the moment. Yeah, I mean, they'll enable you. They'll, they'll enable you to 100 XG and uh, zero points. <laughs> so that's the problem. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, uh, Huang He Chan Huang. He was brilliant at, uh, is it uh, Salzburg? Uh, I saw him playing in the Champions League. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure you may remember him playing against Liverpool in the same team as uh, Minamino and... Uh, um, and and so on. They they did really well, and uh, so he's int- he'll be an interesting one at five point five, and he's classified as a forward. Yeah, I think one to watch for sure. Let's yeah. Uh, so let's I'll, I'll, I'll probably put him on my watch list, exactly. my mental watch list for <laughs> now at least, uh, because he looked an absolutely amazing player for Salzburg, and uh, even when you know even with the team with Haaland and and like I said Minamino. They, he didn't look out of place. He looked absolutely amazing. And if he can replicate that type of form, I think he could really, really do some damage. And at 5.5 million, it looks like such an attractive price point as well. Yeah, you know, the price looks good. So let's let's see how he goes. Yeah. And as for Watford, you know, I'm 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 kind of like a bit conflicted now because. They they do have a bit of a, a fixture turn of sorts, so they've got Wolves up next. But if if Bachmann decides to keep a clean sheet the week that I bring in Jimenez, then I'll be really upset. <laughs> but after that, it's Norwich, Newcastle, and then Leeds, Liverpool, Everton. So it's not the best fixtures, but again, you know, uh, if I'm wildcarding, I'd probably change him out anyway. But maybe there's a few more fixtures. It takes up till about game week seven when we may wildcard anyway. His fixtures are quite good. So, you know, I'm, I'm fine yeah. with him over there. But uh, apart from that there, Watford, I'm really not interested at the moment. And I think we've spoken about them previously where the typical players like Sa and Dennis, um, you know, Emmanuel Dennis, we'll keep them on, on our watch list. But really, they don't look the, that great value at the moment. No, I think the the fixtures are just too poor. They yeah. Watford are are rated 18th in attack for the next six, and only and the defense is a little bit better. They're 14th for defense. So if anything, I think Buckman is the is the option. But other than that, I would I would avoid. Yeah, that's right. And uh, let's have a look. And the next fixture is uh, quite an interesting one: Chelsea and Villa. So the last time these two teams played each other, Villa beat Chelsea in the closing day of, of, of last season and uh, Aston Villa for all the transfers that they've made or whatever don't really look that much of a cohesive unit which I'm really thankful for the fact that Ings vastly under oh, sorry vastly overperformed on his XG and to be honest he's something of, of, of an FPL legend as well and an <laughs> yeah, amazing exactly. player but look looking at that now I think you know, yes, if you if you probably don't have the transfers, you could probably just hold on to Ings for one more week. But uh, looking at the next few fixtures as well, doesn't look good for them at the moment. And even for the likes of holding on to someone like Buendia or whatever it is, they just don't look great attacking at the moment. They, they're not putting up great numbers. No, they're obviously missing Grealish to a massive extent. And we saw that last season without Grealish, they were a completely different team. Yeah. Um, but I think, cause, you know, their, their second best player for me is Watkins and he's also been missing. So, uh, you know, 
it's almost I think I think the story of the season uh, this year is going to be transferring players out when they start facing Chelsea I mean Chelsea's defense is the best <laughs> in the league and, yeah, and, and I'm amazing. almost I'm almost timing my timing my transfers to get rid of players as they play Chelsea <laughs> yeah I know de- definitely I, I think after seeing how how well they did in that second half um, versus Liverpool as well that was an indication of how well drilled that defense is at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's first first class defense. Yeah, and um, and then Chelsea, I suppose you you know you did mention them in passing, like you know they uh, uh, earlier in terms of captaincy, Lukaku may be an option as well. But uh, like we said, you know Manchester United playing Newcastle, Liverpool against Leeds. It'll really, you know, it, it, it'll, it, it's a spicy option, but really not one that you look at and think it's it's a must-do. Well, I mean, if I own Lukaku, I think I'm captaining him. I think I think it's for me, it's definitely the second best fixture behind the the United fixture. Uh, and I would, and ahead I would of go, uh, Leeds as well. Yeah, it's ahead of Leeds. Yeah, so I oh, would. That's interesting. I would go. I would go Lukaku before I went Salah. I would go Lukaku over Greenwood or or Bruno. Um, the only person I would captain over Lukaku is, is Ronaldo. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, well maybe I should go and take a hit and bring a wild card and bring <laughs> Lukaku in, man. just for this week. Yeah, the problem is the next two with Chelsea because they've, they've, they've got two yeah, tough they've ones got after. Two them. tough ones coming up. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, yeah, look for me, it's a, a Chelsea attack, Chelsea defense. Even Mason Mount is definitely one I'll be looking at over the next few weeks because he's well priced. And, uh, and 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 maybe I might consider bringing him in, but um, because he seems like one of those players who are fairly nailed on as well. Yeah, he, he's definitely nailed on, and I think, yeah, he seems the the best player in their midfield. Um, the problem with 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 the others is just game time. Habits does is is a bit concerning with game time. Yeah, Pil- yeah. Pilicic is also the you know they're posting slightly better numbers, but. You can't you can't rely you can't on them, rely on them and, yeah. and I think you'll expect Mahan's numbers to to probably improve with Lukaku as well because I think uh, you know Lukaku could be getting it on the end of some of some of his very good uh, very good balls into the box. Yeah, de- de- definitely. I, I think uh, you know especially with uh, you know last season with Timo Timo Werner as well. It was a it was a bit of a tricky one because some you know he was getting good chances but he just wasn't putting them away. Mm-hmm. And you know we we would largely expect Lukaku to be a big improvement on that. So uh, yeah, I, I also I think uh, there's I think it's it's between Luka. I wouldn't double up on Lukaku and Mount. I mean we spoke about doubling up on on, on, on certain teams players, and I don't think they're worth the double up. But definitely a defender and and one of those attackers coming in for me. Yeah, I think if you can get one of them, and and for me in defence, James is. I mean, he looks phenomenal, and when he comes back from suspension, uh, I think he, he he's going to be a must-own for me. I think you know, I think even more valuable than Trent. It's actually interesting if you if you compare their numbers uh, by by minutes. Um, James's numbers are way way better than even Trent's at the moment, and Trent's had an absolute fly to the season. So um, yeah, I think I think from game week seven for me, James is locked in, and then it's a question of whether I, I I think for me Lukaku is as well. So I think I'm going James and Lukaku. Yeah, same here. From from what I've seen so far, I'm also fairly fixed in you know on that over there. But you know the game changes so quickly, and I might decide to use Mount as a seven point five million option. 
so that I can free up money elsewhere. But uh, I really, I, I think, you know, that would be like almost, if I want to call it worst case scenario. But I think if when when I look at the, the fixtures and I'm looking at my, my team shape, I think that's the route I'm going as well. Yeah, and it makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned Trent. I mean, his next few fixtures leads Crystal Palace, Brentford, then he's got City, then Watford, then Manchester United and Brighton. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if his numbers improve as such. But at times when I saw it, the eye test, I felt like even Simicas was getting better numbers, you know, and getting into better positions. So, it's it's interesting, you know, when you know now we're talking about it, about Trent in relation to James, and James definitely has looked like the pick of all the attacking fullbacks. Yeah, he's he's number one on my rankings. I think followed closely by uh, Cancelo, and and interestingly enough, with with Wolves's fixture turn, um, Sice is actually ahead of Trent um, very slightly in terms of um, the the attacking output return uh, sort of predicted in the next six weeks. Yeah, uh, and 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 size is definitely on my. I won't even call him call it watch list. He's 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 probably just a few clicks away from being transferred <laughs> into my team because the the fixtures are just so good over there. Yeah. And if I was wild carding, I'd probably bring in either him or Sa in you know the Jose Sa into my um, into, into team, my yeah. team because. Like I said, with Bachman being so poor in, in, in my, in, as my goalkeeper, I may consider him. But then again, the, you know, the other option is that the size offers you, you know, set piece threat and so on. And he seems very, very good value at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then um, let's um, now the uh, our game, I suppose, with Salah <laughs> being the captain is uh, our favorite captaincy pick and i'll be honest definitely mine as well this is a fixture that i think last season when we went there we ended up drawing later on we conceded a goal which was really really frustrating almost like a a story of our season where we bombarded the goal in the first half didn't take our chances then got sucker punched at the end and ended up drawing the game Mm. Um, but this season Yes, we do offer up a few big chances along the way, but we look so much more uh, more better defensively. What are you expecting out of this type of fixture um, coming up? Yeah, I, 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 th- I think this might be one with a lot of goals. Um, I, you know, Liverpool's defence is looking a lot better and, and I'm hoping that we can keep a clean sheet, but Leeds are such, such a good attacking team, so you, you almost expect them to score at least one. Um, but Liverpool's attack is seems to be clicking again as well. Um, you know everything everything seems to be clicking again with uh, Virgil back. So I, I think we'll we'll see goals for sure in this fixture. Yeah, um, uh, same. Yeah, like um, I'm looking at it, and you know we we offered up uh, a, a good chance to Norwich in, in the opening week. We offered up some good chances to Burnley at the end. And, you know, it was thanks to Allison's you know, keeping that we actually kept clean sheets. And then obviously the Chelsea game was, you know, completely different challenge for us. But the, the Leeds game, you would think that they have better finishers than Norwich and Burnley. So if you mm-hmm. offer up those type of chances again, you'd feel like even if you're offering up like two or three of them, they probably take one of them. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, th I think Bamford and Rafinha are just uh, waiting to get the end of uh, some of those chances that the other teams have had so far. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I think I've mentioned it in previous episodes, like I always feel Liverpool's defence, I suppose with most defences throughout the league, they kind of settle as the season progresses. But specifically, I've noticed a trend with a trend with Liverpool defense specifically over the last four seasons is where, even the season that we won the league, we were we we had good defensive numbers, but we kept on conceding like one goal, one goal, one goal every single game, even though we were winning. But it, it come like November onwards, we then we went on a run of like nine or ten games where we didn't concede a goal, and. Uh, it, this Liverpool defense seems to have like the same type of vibe around them. Where okay, they opened up with the two clean sheets, then they conceded uh, again, you know, from a set piece against Chelsea. But I just feel like you know, as the the season progresses, and and the, and, and and the whole team is more settled, we'll probably see some of those mistakes being cut out. Yeah, I agree. I, th I think the Liverpool defense will be strong this season. Um, yeah, let's. I mean. Hopefully this this will be a good test for them early on, but I think uh, I think you're right. I think it just gets gets stronger and stronger as as fitness comes back and a bit of game time comes back for Virgil. And Robertson played uh, during you know the internationals as well, so you know I'm expecting him to be. He looked a bit rusty against Chelsea. I, I, in fact, I think both him and Sadio Mane were very poor in that game. And looking at the way Simicas played the first two games. I would have probably hooked one of them sooner to to get Simicas on, and yeah. Uh, so yeah. But I, I would expect a better performance from Robertson uh, against Leeds, and uh, yeah, Leeds. I suppose we've spoken about them. I'm, I'm, you know, they've got Newcastle after this, so you know, I'll be looking at some of their, you know, maybe a Bamford or something new from Game Week Five onwards, and. Um, yeah, the the last fixture is Everton and Burnley. Now, you know, we, we it seems like we always have a lot to say about Everton since we started the, the, the show, you know, because we've never known what to make about it. But mm. they seem to have a bit of a resilience about them. Calvert Lewin seems to, you know, he's got three three goals, three out of three so far. Uh, defensively, they haven't looked that great. They just kept the one clean sheet against Brighton. But they you look they 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 yeah, i mean it's two wins and a draw which is more than maybe what we expected of them at uh, when, when the season started yeah they've looked they've looked good um i think this is a good fixture for both attack and defense against burnley so they should get a clean sheet um you know this is definitely one of the better fixtures for them so if, if you've got everton players fantastic and i think i think they're a hold their fixtures are generally pretty good going forward yeah um, i'm looking you know. at it it's burnley villa norwich uh, then manchester united in game seven but then west ham whiteford wolves mm. that takes you up to game week 10 then from game week 11 and 12 spurs in city and then game week 14 liverpool but up until say game week 10 the fixtures actually don't look that bad yeah, they look pretty good. And I think if you've got Everton players, I think holding them till game week 10 makes complete sense. So um, would you say for both defence and attacking or just attacking only? No, I think for both. Uh, attacking is obviously better. They're, I think they're ranked fifth in the, on the, in the attacking uh, fixtures for the next six uh, and seventh in defence. So defence is a little bit a little bit more shaky. 
But if you if those defenders are getting some attacking returns as well, then then that starts to become really worthwhile. So I think your your clear options are Calvert Lewin and, and Luca Dean. Um, you know, if, if, if possibly look at even bringing bringing one of those guys in if you don't have them. Yeah. Um... Well, I suppose you know that's the beauty of having so many uh, well-priced forwards. It seems like there's so much value to be had there at the moment that you could possibly get away with playing a, a you know a, a midfield four, I suppose. But yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it, it, it's gonna. Be, I I I think as long as you. You, you know you stay focused and not concentrate on the premiums too much and wildcard to get players like Ronaldo in you'll see that there's there's actually so much of value out there at the moment yeah there's huge value I mean there's even Gray who, who scored a cracker um, he's his numbers XG numbers don't look fantastic but he's converted some some really really tough chances so he'll be one to watch as well if, if his xg number starts uh, start to improve then he could also become a very good budget enabler yeah and i'm seeing him in a lot of wildcard uh, teams as well so mm. he, he he looks like an interesting option over there but yeah especially with him uh, you know I've, I'm, I'm taking your advice from earlier is that if they're not proven players no track record i'm just swerving for now i don't think it's worth the risk but he's already 5.6 now, so that's quite interesting as well. I mean, if he, if he goes all the way up to 6.5, he, it's still it's still good value if yeah, he's performing. So even I at 7. So. Yeah, so I don't think you have to worry about being late to the party with a guy like that. I think it's it's better to not jump on a bandwagon that, that doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's better just to just sit back, let the guy prove himself, and if he does, then bring him in. It's not, not going to be the end yeah, of the world. Yeah, de- definitely. And... Uh, yeah, the one player that I'm also interestingly seeing in a lot of wildcard drafts is Allen because he's 4.5. <laughs> but, but yeah, so so yeah. And since you mentioned the fact that Everton versus Burnley is a good attacking and defensive fixture against Burnley, look, we know yeah. that Calvert Lewin doesn't really have a high ceiling. He's never been that. He's had like the the hat trick against West Brom last season, for example which was, it feels like an outlier, but generally it was a steady accumulator. But if you had to take a punt in captaincy against Burnley, you know, what would convince you to put captaincy on Calvert-Lewin? I mean, there's not a lot that would convince me. The, the problem is that he's taken two penalties already and that, that hugely skews his, uh, his data, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the other thing that's that's quite interesting is that if Everton get two penalties in a game, he's not going to be taking the second one. Um, you know, the, the, there was a whole mix-up in the last game where Richarlison, won, Richarlison wants to take the penalty, and they basically get to rip the ball out of his out of his hands to give it to to DCL. So, yeah, it doesn't inspire huge confidence. I think he's he's not a guy for me that's going to get those massive scores and. That's who you want in a, in a captain pick, you know, someone who can get 20 points in a game and you can have that phenomenal yeah, game week, yeah. you know. And uh, talking about penalties, you know, is you know, is it Penaldo or Penandes? We need to figure this out now, <laughs> you know, and decide what, you know, because look, yes, it, be, it, it became quite annoying that people always, you know, dig out Bruno for penalties because he's so much more than that, right? He's an yeah. amazing player, but... You again, you can't avoid the fact that penalties plays a big part in choosing a player. So, be it a Salah versus Mane at the same price, you go for Salah. Well, yeah. obviously, Salah is just a better finisher anyway. But 
again you know you, you look it was like De Bruyne and Sterling or mm. or whatever it is now yes this this so at 12 12.5 obviously penalties are going to play a part in it if if it if that's going to become a differentiating factor now we can also talk about the fact that maybe okay maybe they won't get uh, not just Manchester United but all teams may not get that many penalties this season does that play a part in your thinking in between uh, Penaldo and Penandes? <laughs> well it actually played a quite a large role in my thinking of not bringing in Bruno from game week one that yeah. it's much ho- much harder to win penalties this year and a large portion of, of his points you know one thing in FPL is you can't think of a player in terms of how good they are. You've got to think of them in, in terms of how many points they can score you. And there are a lot of players in, in the Premier League that are exceptional players, but they don't give you points. Um, and if you take Bruno's penalties away, it becomes a huge problem. And, and even if you just, you know, from, from, from my calculations at his price, if you just took some of the penalties away, he already starts to become very, very shaky ground. Yeah, I, so, I, I was reading some stats the other day. I can't remember who put it up on Twitter or something like that. But since the turn of the year, his non-penalty expected uh, goals was is very, very low. Yeah. It, it, he's actually quite far down the ranking. So, And it makes sense because he tailed off quite a bit towards the ending of last season. I think you spoke about it during preseason as well, where you said you almost timed it perfectly, where his numbers weren't looking good. You got him out of your team, and it was perfect timing. So, yeah, yeah it's it, it's it's definitely something to look at. Where, like I say, you know, apart from it being a running joke for, by some cretins on on social media, but the fact of the matter is, it does become a, a differentiating differentiating factor in FPL. And yeah, uh, at this point in time, especially if Ronaldo wants to be on on free kicks and and and, and penalties or whatever it is, even if they start sharing the burden, it really doesn't help you FPL in FPL terms. So. Yeah, I, I don't. For me, I don't see uh, Bruno taking the penalties. I think you know Ronaldo is one of those characters where he wants to win the awards and he want he wants to be scoring the goals. And you know, like we've seen for for country he takes the penalties and yeah. the, you know there was a there was a photo posted with bruno picking up the ball and handing it to ronaldo um you know in the portugal game and it's going to be it's going to be exactly the same i think at united i think bruno bruno will pick up the ball and hand it to ronaldo and he'll take and ronaldo will take the penalty yeah look and uh, yeah I, 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 that, that's going to be quite an interesting one but anyway i think that's uh, that wraps up uh, the, our game week four build up and yeah, hopefully we can continue where we left off uh, from from the first three game weeks, and uh, and and see more green arrows from now until the ending of the season. Oh well, I suppose if you're number one, then you wouldn't want to see a, at least you know you want to see a, a a gray line next to your name, right? <laughs> I, but, I, uh, I've never had that problem before, unfortunately. Yeah, no, no, I, I've never seen a gray line next to, <laughs> to my name unless it was one of those head-to-head leagues or whatever it is. But but yeah, no, look, um, yeah, uh, let's see how it pans out. Let's see if people's uh, wild cards pay off. And uh, let's see if Ronaldo bags against Newcastle like we expect him. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Greg. Thanks, Vlad. Good luck for the weekend. Cheers, man.